1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This message is the third in the series, Prince of Peace. The message is entitled, Worry Less, Pray More. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets. I want to continue our series together called Prince of Peace. We're talking about how to find rest for our restless world. I think all of us realize that the world that we live in today is a very restless place, and we're all looking for and striving for something called peace, the peace of God. And going all the way back, 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah uh, spoke these words, moved by the Holy Spirit, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And the last phrase there, say it with me, Prince of Peace. Isaiah the prophet said, when Jesus comes, Messiah comes, he will have a number of divine names or divine titles. He'll be known as the Wonderful Counselor. Aren't you glad that when you need counseling, Jesus knows how to bring it to you? He's a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God, that is, He comes to do mighty things in your life. The everlasting Father, He brought us into relationship with God the Father, and He's also the Prince of Peace, an important phrase there, Prince, the son of a kingly father. And so when Jesus came at Christmas over 2,000 years ago, He came as the Prince of Heaven, the Son of God, the Son of the King of the universe, down into our world to show us exactly how to live in God's peace. The angel understood this when they were announcing, angels, I should say, understood this when they were announcing the birth of Christ, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. These are very familiar words around Christmas time. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Here's the statement they declare. This is the birth announcement of Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. What's the next word there? Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So again, at the announcing of Jesus' birth, there is this declaration of this important word, peace. The Hebrew word is the word shalom. The Greek word means very much the same thing as the Hebrew word shalom means. It's the idea of restfulness down in your soul, restfulness to your mind. Jesus came to bring you rest. Jesus came to actually bring you peace. He wants you to experience a peace that the world cannot experience. Now, how do we do this? We have a responsibility in the process. And we talked the first weekend in the series about the importance of giving your life to God. You'll never have peace apart from God. He is your source of peace. Last weekend, I talked to you about getting rid of guilt. You'll never have a sustaining peace in your life as long as you're troubled by guilty feelings and shame and condemnation. And Jesus made the way for us to be free from condemnation and guilt. He is the one that brings cleansing and forgiveness to us. And tonight I want to talk to us about an additional element to this whole process of living in the peace of God. And the phrase that you want to write down and remember from this weekend is simply this. If you're going to have God's peace, you have to worry less and pray more. Say it with me. You must worry less and pray more. 
Another thief of peace is something called worry, and worry is something everybody does from time to time. Some of you have been engaging in it a bit this week, haven't you? We all have. From day to day, we battle with this thing called worry. And the term worry means this. This is directly from the dictionary. To allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or trouble, to think about problems or fears, To feel or show fear and concern because you think that something bad has happened or could happen. One of the original words in the etymology, the history of the word worry, goes back to a word that means to choke or to strangle. And that's really basically what worry does in your life. When it shows up, it grabs hold of the life of you and it begins to choke you and strangle you. It it harasses you and torments you and tortures you and it disturbs your mind and your emotions. It creates all these troubling, painful, catastrophic thoughts inside of you and expectations about your future. Worry gets into your life and hijacks hijacks your feelings, hijacks your thinking. I drew a little diagram for us, if they'll put it on the screen, maybe you can understand a bit about how this process works. In our lives, good guys, and put that little diagram on the screen, thank you. As you're going through your life, you're going to always have suggested thoughts that will come your way. There are things that, you know, how many of you think about all kind of different things during a day, right? Your mind just goes in a million different directions. And your thoughts are coming your way from yourself. You create some of your thinking. And then sometimes you're picking up thoughts from the world around you. For example, maybe you've been in a retail store this this Christmas season. And you notice that uh, a little bit later you're walking through the hallway. You're moving through a store. And you find yourself maybe uh, singing the song that you've picked up over the music that's being played. And so there's an environment around you suggesting thinking. And so we pick up thinking from ourselves from the world around us. Other people say things to us and we start thinking about it. And there's also in a spiritual dimension. There is an adversary that would like to come against your life and he would like to lie to you and convince you of certain things. And so when it comes to worry, we're dealing in our minds with our self-thinking, uh, the thoughts of the world around us that can be quite troubling at times. Other people's stuff and conflict they're going through that they bring into our world. And then sometimes just the attack of the devil coming against your mind. So all this is a battle going on in your head. You notice that sometimes your head feels like it's about to explode. You've got all this stuff going on in your mind. And this is how worry gets in through suggested thinking. And it gets down into your mind. You begin to mull over it. What if that does happen? What if that happens? And if this occurs, what will happen there? And before long, all these trains of thought begin to hijack you and take you down a pathway. And what happens is this. It gets now into your heart or into your emotions. And you begin to feel fear. And you begin to carry cares and worries and anxiety inside of you. And so where does it all start? It all starts with what's the first section in the diagram there? With suggested thoughts, okay? That's how worry begins in all of us, with suggested thoughts that are troubling, that get into our mind, that affect our emotions, and then our emotions, we begin to live out of fear, uh, carrying burdens and cares, and feeling these feelings of anxiety. They rob us of our peace. So what I want to do tonight is to help us to understand how do you arrest and evict worry from your life? How do you get it out of your life? What do you do to protect yourself from it? And so I'm just going to simply give you 
uh, what I believe from Scripture to be a 10-step pattern, 10 things that are essential if you're going to maintain the peace of God in your life against worry. These are the 10 things that you have to learn something about doing and practicing in your life. Number one, you have to know the nature of God. You'll never get over worry unless there's something in your heart and mind related to the confidence regarding God's nature. Nature is the inherent characteristic or the basic constitution of a person or a thing. That's what a nature is. It's in essence what something is. It's the nature, when you say it's the nature of that person to do such and such, you're saying that's their, that's their MO, that's how they live, that's who they are. And so we must understand the nature of who God is. And I talked about this recently. I want to bring it back to your attention again. The Bible teaches us very, very clearly that God is good and that God can only do good. Say with me together, God is good. It's extremely important because when these suggested thoughts come into your mind, you have to have something to fight them with. You have to have something that is bigger than they are. And so you have to start with, who is God? Okay, because I, 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 if I don't know who God is, then I'm going to be vulnerable to whatever might come my way. If I don't have a relationship with God. So who is God? God is good. Psalm 119, verse 68 says, you are, speaking of God, you are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Now, I would submit, sub, submit to you that this one thing alone can drive a lot of worry out of your life. And when thoughts come your way that are troubling you, if you just stop for a moment and remember the nature of God, well, time out just for a moment as I'm thinking about all these things I could worry about. Let me just remember who God is and who is God. He is good and He only does good. So that filters a lot of that stuff out of your thinking. That's the beginning point. Number two, you need to know the promises of God. God is good, and because He's good, He gives us promises. Now, the promises of God need to become the foundation of your life because they describe what I would call God's insurance plan and God's assurance plan. I'll give you those two words again. The promises of God are God's insurance plan and God's assurance plan. He's insuring you. And he's assuring you every time he gives you a promise. What are some of the promises of God? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So when you're facing something that is a bit overwhelming to you, you lean into that promise. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you're facing need in your life, you lean into the insurance and assurance promise of God from Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Okay? When you feel like that you're facing something that is bigger than you, you begin to say, I know that, that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but he's given me the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And so that's why we as believers need to become very familiar familiar with the promises of God and this is why you need to study and get become and actually memorize it's very effective to memorize God's promises when I was growing up and this will date me I'm sure and maybe there are a few of here that few of you here that may recall this but I when I would go to my grandmother's house she had on her kitchen table she had a little thing a little uh, thing in the shape of a loaf bread okay 
And in this little opera were little cards that went along. I don't know how many cards were in there, but I was always intrigued by this little loaf of bread. And in these little cards, you would pull them out, and on each of these cards was a promise of God. And so each day, she would pull out one of those little cards from the little loaf bread, the little uh, kind of design thing that was there, and read a promise of God. I thought, that's kind of unusual. Why would you do that? But she realized, that's my daily bread. That's what gets me through my day. I need the promise of God in my life. Another promise of God that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. So when you familiarize yourself with God's promise, you have something to fight back when those suggested thoughts of anxiety and worry come your way. 2 Peter 1 verse 4. And because of His glory and excellence, that's the glory and excellence of God, He has given us His great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So in the promises of God, you have something that is an escape valve from the things that will come your way. You lay hold of the promise of God. They are your insurance plan and your assurance plan from God. Number three, how do you fight back against worry? You trust the care of God. God is good. God has given you promises and God cares for you. He really does care. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. Let's read this one together. Very wonderful passage that I would encourage you to perhaps memorize or certainly become familiar with. Let's read it together as a a congregation. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord Himself, is the rock eternal. What is the operational word in those verses? The operational word, that's what we're told to do, is trust. You might want to circle that word. It's repeated for us at least twice there in that passage. And verse number three, they trust in you. And then verse number four starts again with the word trust. So the idea is to trust. Trust is reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, or the truth of someone. That's all it is. It's an absolute reliance upon the character of someone. I'm trusting them because I know their character. Or I'm trusting them because I know their ability. Okay? I'm trusting them because I know their strength. If you're weak and you lean on someone that is strong, you have a trust in their strength. Or you're trusting someone because of the expertise or capacity they may have. And so God says, when you look at me, know that I am good. Know that I've given you promises. And then put your trust in me. Rely on my care for your life. I would remind you again this weekend that God can care for you a lot better than you can care for yourself. This is so important. Many of us don't realize this and we spend a lot of our time and energy trying to care for ourselves and protect ourselves and control our own lives in many different ways. I'm not in any way talking about living an irresponsible life. There's a responsibility that we have, but there's an essence of being able to come down to God and say, God, I trust you to care for me. There are things I can't care for myself, but I trust you to care for me. Do you trust in God? Do you know that at the end of the day, he's got your back? Do you know that at the end of the day, he's gone before you? Do you trust in God? Number four, the fourth thing that is essential, absolutely essential, if you're going to live in the peace of God and you're going to conquer worry in your life, you have to humble yourself under God. Humility is a word that we don't, we don't understand very much in our culture. In fact, most 
Most of humanity throughout history has struggled with this word. And the word humility is actually the original Greek, original Hebrew and Greek terms for the word humility means to lay flat. That's the idea of the meaning of the word. It's a concept of just laying flat. And it came to mean, as it's applied in Scripture, when we talk about humbling ourselves before God, you might think of laying yourself flat. That is, you might think of prostrating yourself out, laying yourself flat. That's a picture image that you might get, but it symbolizes something. It symbolizes dependence, obedience, and submission. That's the idea. So let me give you those words again. This idea of humility means that I am dependent, I'm laying flat. I'm dependent upon God. I'm not depending upon me. I'm not trying to make my world happen by my strength and power and my own ability. I need God. I mean, you would agree with me tonight, you need God, right? Amen? So this is humility. Humility says, God, I need you. If you ever lose the awareness that you need God, you're in really big trouble. When you think that you can do anything yourself, you're in really big trouble. So humility says, I need, I am dependent upon God. And because I'm dependent upon God, I'm going to obey God. I depend upon Him, so whatever He says to me, I'm going to. That's humility. Humility is not just feeling like you're a horrible person. Humility is, I need God, and whatever God says to me to do in obedience to His Word, I'm going to do it because I am submitted to the One who is greater than me. That's the idea idea of humility that I am not the greatest, he's the greatest. That is, you lay yourself before someone who is greater. And this is key to us understanding deliverance from many, any dimension of life that would be troubling us, but certainly in the realm of worry and anxiety. Notice, if you will, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up, pull you up, get you where you need to be in due time. Isn't that a great verse of Scripture? Because many times in life we feel pressed down by things. We wonder, am I ever going to get past this? Is this ever going to change? And we begin to worry about our issues that we're struggling in, the time frame associated with them. And God says, look, I want you just to humble yourself. Lay yourself flat before me. Depend upon me. Obey me. Submit to me. And I promise you this, that in due season I will lift you up. I'll get you where you need to be. I'll take care of the issues in your life. This is a word for someone here this evening that you've been wondering, how are you going to make it through whatever you're facing? Maybe it's been a difficult trial or season in your life. Keep humbling yourself before God, and in due season, He will lift you up. Amen? Isn't that good to know? Okay. Number five, you ready for this one? You've got to release your worries to God. You've got to release your worries to God. Release means you got to give them up, okay? You can't, you can't hold on to them. you got to give them up to God. Because if God is good, and is He good? Can you say amen? Okay. If He's given you promises, has He given us promises? Of course He has. If we can trust His care, and indeed we can, if we're humbling ourselves before Him, and then the next step is to say, God, now, based upon my dependence upon You, I'm going to take all those things that are troubling me in my mind, and those things that are robbing me of my peace, I'm going to actually release them and give them up to You. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Read that with me again, all of us together. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. How much anxiety are you supposed to cast on Him? 
What's the key word there? All. Doesn't say a part of it. He says anything that's worrying you, what do you do with it? You give it up. Okay. Now I don't have it up here. I could, should, maybe you should have brought this illustration. But I think you can picture it with me. If I'm carrying a backpack and I've got you know 100 pounds of weight on the backpack, and and it's 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 wearing me out. Okay, because I'm carrying it all the time. Every day I'm carrying this big heavy weight around with me. And someone comes along and says, let me carry your backpack for you, okay? What would be my, what do I have to do to release myself of that weight? I have actually have to take the backpack off and I have to give it to the person that's, that's agreed to carry it for me, correct? I can say, Alden, that's so awesome. You're so good. You're so wonderful. You're awesome. What an amazing offer. This is amazing. You're a fantastic person. Thank you so much. And still keep walking with my backpack. So you can know that God is good and still carry your burdens. You with me here? Just like you can know a friend could be very good and want to offer to help you, but you're not taking them up on the offer. So God says, what I want you to do is not just somehow theoretically acknowledge that I'm good, but, but I want you to take it a step further. And I want you to take your weight off, okay? And I want you to give it over to me. Let me ask you a question. Do you think your weights are really going to be anything too big for Jesus? Anybody have a problem here tonight that's bigger than Jesus? Nobody does, right? There's not a single person here, no matter what your problems are, that in any way comes close to maximizing or exhausting the resource or capacity of Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's nothing that is impossible with him, as we'll see here in just a moment, another passage I'm going to give you. But the Bible says that we're to cast all of our cares, our anxieties, over on him. Let's read Philippians 4, verse 6 now. And we're going to read this from the Today's Living Bible. I want you to read this one with me. I love this verse. You really need to memorize this verse if you haven't done so. It's, uh, I'm going to read it to you from the Living Bible. And Actually, let's read it together. Here we go. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. There's the key right there. That's how you do this. How do I take my backpack off? Okay. Well, that's awesome, Pastor. I don't know. How do you give God your backpack of worries? How do you do that? Right there. What do, what do you do? You worry less and you pray more. Okay. The Bible says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So when something is bothering you, you take it to God in prayer, you tell Him your needs, and you don't forget to thank Him for His answers. That means that now you've actually released it into His hands. Here is the situation with most of us. I've illustrated it before, and I'll illustrate it again because I have to be reminded of this. This is stuff that gets, it goes after us every day of our life. Anybody faced a little bit of worry this week? We all do, okay? So this is something that's an ongoing thing that I have to remind myself of. But if I've got this worry that's bothering me, and I go to God in prayer, and I say, God, this, is, this thing is really bothering me. I'm struggling with it. Now I'm going to pray about it. And God, here you go. I'm going to give you my burden and my care. And we give it to him in prayer. And then we finish and we say, in Jesus' name, amen. Then what we many times do is we say, okay, God, I'll take that back with me again okay we don't leave it with him in prayer we keep we take it and bring it back into our world instead of saying now i've given it to god and i'm thanking you for your answers amen 
Okay? You're going to do something in my life in some way. I don't know what it's going to look like or how it's going to be, but I've given you this care. And what I've learned in my life is that sometimes I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I have to keep giving until there's a breakthrough that happens inside of me and the worry and care that I may be carrying. And so it's a battle, and the devil will make it a battle, but you keep praying your way through it. Okay, let's go to number six. Number six is you have to accept the peace of God. So I give him my burdens and my cares, and I say, God, now I'm going to accept your peace. Now, I'm going to read verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4 from the Living Bible, but you need to understand it's a follow-up to verse 6. So listen to verse 6, and then let me add to it a verse 7. In fact, we will read together verse 7 when we get to it. I'll invite you to read with me. But listen to verse 6 again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. Now, let's all read together verse 7. If you do this, stop there for a moment. If you do what? If you don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. If you do this, continue to read with me. You will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you do what? As you trust in Christ Jesus. There's a key word again. What's that word? Trust. So that's how you accept the peace of God. Now I'm trusting you, God. I brought my need to you. I had this burden, God, that's worrying me. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to pray about it, right? Worry less, pray more, right? So I come to you, God. Here you go. I'm giving you this. Now, how do I accept the peace of God? By, By saying, God, now I trust you with this. I trust you to take care of this. You're big enough to handle this. You're big big enough to resolve this in your way, in your timing, and in a way that brings glory and honor to you. So I trust in you. All right? Let's go to the next section. Number seven, I should say. Next point. And then you have to believe in, if you're going to be free from worry and fear, you have to believe in the power of God. You'll never trust God with your worries unless you believe in the power of God. I think all of us could just, wouldn't it be wonderful if we just have like just a, a nanosecond of an exposure to the massive power of Almighty God? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just a, just a little nanosecond of how powerful God is. We can't imagine how powerful God is. Let's go to the one part of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. And it's the story of uh, the angelic uh, announcement. It's called the Annunciation of the Angel Gabriel to Mary that she was going to be the bearer of the Christ child. So, and she told, she told Mary, you're going to have a child. He's going to bear the Messiah. And now Mary's processing this. Look at verse number 34. Mary answered the angel. But how can this happen? I am a virgin. So Mary says, I got a problem with this. Okay, You told me I'm going to have a baby but maybe you don't understand biology, okay? Maybe you don't understand the issue here. I'm a virgin. I've never had sexual relations with a man before. Don't plan to have sexual relations with a man before I'm married. And so here's my situation. Don't you know, Gabriel, that I am a virgin? So you told me I'm going to have a child, but how is this going to happen? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power. What? What's the word there? 
power, okay? The power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the Word of God will never fail. Or the God's Word translation says there, nothing is impossible with God. So the angel Gabriel, when Mary said, I do not understand how you're going to make this happen. I'm a virgin. Don't you get this? And the angel Gabriel said, God's got it covered. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And God's going to do what you can't do. Dear ones, I want you to know tonight that whatever you're worried about, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or imagine. He has the power, the capacity to blow your mind regarding what He can do. It's impossible. Things are often impossible with us, but the things that are impossible with us are not impossible to God, for the Word of God will never fail. Nothing is impossible with and for God. Amen? You got to believe in the power of God. You got to be confident in God's power. Number eight, you got to speak the truth of God. Let me read verse 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. We boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe and therefore I speak. Let me talk about this for a moment. If you're going to stay in the peace of God about your worry, you've got to change your vocabulary. Okay? You've got to change the way you talk. You know that you talk yourself out of God's peace many times? You get up from prayer, you've prayed about a problem, and then you start talking to someone else about it. Before long, you're back into worry again because of the words you're using. Okay? Well, I'm not sure this is going to work out. I'm really afraid of this. I'm really worried about that. I'm really troubled about this. And before long, your little mouth just takes you right down the trap again. Anybody have a mouth that gets you in trouble sometimes? Okay. All this negativity that pours out of your mouth. And so what you want to do is you want to begin to change your vocabulary so that your vocabulary says, I believe that God is going to take care of my problem. I know that whatever I'm worried about, I gave it to Him, and I know that He's going to come through. That doesn't mean that you can't be honest about things and appropriately can talk about things that you need to address or your responsibilities, but begin. You know, all of us would do, do a lot better if we worked on the way we talk. You know that? We'd do a lot better if we shifted from the negative to the positive. Amen? We would do a lot better if we moved out of doubt and fear into faith, wouldn't we? And so we want to work on the way that we communicate that helps you stay in the peace of God. And by the way, let me say something else about this. It's not just good for you, but it's good for the people around you, okay? Because when you speak positive, upbuilding words, it helps other people to be strengthened in their faith. Have you, have you ever noticed that when you get around someone who's negative and down in their faith and doubtful and worried themselves, before long their poison gets inside of you and it's troubling you? And so the, the way that we keep strong is we adjust our, our, our words to reflect what we really believe about God's Word and what He's doing in our lives, and we do that for ourselves and for those around us, all right? Number nine, we have two more, and we'll be done today. The f- ninth thing that you must do to, to fight worry and fear is you have to think the thoughts of God. Think the thoughts of God. Boy, that's, that's a big deal, isn't it? How do you think the thoughts of God? You've got to be kidding, Pastor. How do you do that? 
Well, guess what? It's right there in the Bible. It tells us exactly how to do it. Philippians 4, verse 8. This is the Living Bible again. Now, follow the sequence. I'm going to read verse 6 for you, verse 7 again, then we'll look at verse 8. We'll read verse 8 with me, but listen to verse 6, Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Now, let's read verse 8 together. Read with me. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. Isn't that a great passage? Those are the thoughts of God. Now, we begin to adjust our thinking in this way. It's incredible how our minds begin to wrap around the promises of God and we begin to experience the peace of God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And read the rest with me. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You need to put, your, you need to put a, a, a badge on your spiritual life and go around arresting your thoughts, okay? And say, that's not a good thought. I'm putting you in jail, okay? I'm not going to let you traffic in my world anymore. And think of yourself as one that goes around executing the authority of God against the thoughts which try to suggest anxiety and worry and fear in your life. Number 10, the 10th thing, this will, this will be our final point this evening is to express gratitude and worship to God. You want to live in God's peace? You need to express gratitude and worship to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I'll say this one simple thing about being a person of gratitude or a person of praise, a person of worship. When you praise and worship and honor God, whatever you're facing in life, when you, when you praise Him, praise assaults the spirit of worry. I need to say that again. Praise assaults the spirit of worry. Praise assaults the spirit of fear. Every time fear rises, you begin to praise and give thanks to God for His blessing. And it's like warfare against the spirit of worry in your life. So be a person who expresses gratitude and worship to God. What did Jesus come to do? Jesus came in a very practical way to help you with worry in your life. He came so that you and I can experience rest and peace. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We're grateful this evening for the opportunity that we've had to study together. We ask that you'd help us to learn how to uh, fight and to stand against worry and fear in our lives. Lord, so many times we're tripped up by this. We allow the fears and worries of life to rob us of our peace. We want to we maintain the peace of God in our soul. Help us to learn how to do it daily, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. I trust that you've heard something from God's Word that'll make a difference in your life now and forever. Maybe as you were listening to today's message, God began to speak to you about a personal relationship with Himself. 
You know, the most important thing we can ever establish in our life is a relationship with God, and we do that by opening our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. It's your opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now that you can pray that will forever change your life, that will allow your name to be written in the book of life for eternity. All you need to do is simply pray this prayer with me and mean it in your heart. If you'll mean this prayer, God will hear you. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me right now? Whisper these words to God or speak them out right where you are. Say, Jesus, just mention his name. Say, Jesus, I admit to you today that, that I am a sinner and I'm sorry, God, for everything I've done wrong. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior, the Redeemer. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again. I believe in you, Jesus. And then whisper this prayer. Say, Lord, today I invite you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to give me a brand new start in you. I give my life to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer with me and I ask that now they would continue to grow in you and serve you faithfully from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with me, friend, I want you to know that Jesus Christ heard you, that your name has been written in that wonderful book of life, and that now today you start a brand new life in Christ. And to do so, you need some help. You need to learn how to live your life for Jesus every day. We'd like to provide for you. In fact, we have available for you some resources that you can get from our website, church-redeemer.org, that will help you to get a good start in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, check out the website, church-redeemer.org. Find those resources that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. If you've prayed with the pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.